When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Who has the quickest twitch? Whose hips are the most oily? Who has the quickest long snap? Hand sizes, wingspans. Oh, no one knows hand sizes and wingspans better than Courtney R. Draft Scout. All right, welcome back to the Indiana Convention Center, the NFL Combine, Matthew Collar. And now, yes, indeed, it is that time. People have been waiting. Courtney, our Draft Scout, is here for the first draft sim of the year. Courtney, how jacked up are you right now? I've been waiting for this day since the day before the draft in 2019, the last draft sim that we did on air, which was a monumental moment because I think that I had both picks back-to-back. Garrett Bradbury, because I was coming off of the mock draft that we do in Bristol, and then Irv Smith. So I'd like to say that I projected that, because obviously I did in that final draft sim. Yes, you did. Um, So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Rick. So um, whoever you take in this draft yes. sim is who probably the who they're take. going to take. Yeah. And I just am going to tell you that I, uh, you know, this is this is the m- most monumental day of the year because it sets in motion draft sim season. Yes. And as you know, I live for this. I'm Courtney R. Draft Scout. Yes, you I'm, do. Right. I'm working on. To f- I'm trying. I'm here to find out who has the fastest long snap. You heard my intro. Like, this is important. And also, uh, your friends and family know. Do not text you. Do not email you. No. Do not call. I don't eat, sleep, or do no. anything for the next six weeks. You you eat, but you write down scouting reports on your food so you can yeah. remember them as you. It's kind of like a lawyer with billable hours. Like if <laughs> I take a bite of a Snickers, I have to write like, oh, I clocked out to take a bite of the Snickers. Right. Now I'm back in. Right. So you are in, and we are going to draft sim right now, and we'll get to later in the show Mike Zimmer's comments here from the combine, which you and I were both at. But this is far more important: our first draft sim of the year. So I'll just tell you about how mine played out from the very top, which is Joe Burrow number one. I think it's very clear he's going to the Cincinnati Bengals, or at least everyone has him number one in all of their mock drafts and everything else. So the draft sim no different. Here's the slightly interesting thing at the top of my draft sim which is that um 
Isaiah Simmons went number four to the New York Giants, and Justin Herbert went to the Dolphins with Tua going to the Los Angeles Chargers. With Tua's medicals now coming out that everything looks pretty good for him, I just have a really tough time seeing Justin Herbert being drafted before him. That's, don't you? That's exactly how mine played out. Joe Burrow at the top, Chase Young. Isaiah Simmons went to Detroit. So Detroit's not okay. looking at a quarterback because there's several other ones that – um, you know, there's several other big boards here that you can pick from. What we use fanspeak.com for these draft sims. Like I was expecting to see Tua potentially even at number three. So here's the toughest decision I faced when I got to 25. Uh, Makai Becton, a massive offensive tackle, was there. And also Grant uh, Delbit, who is a safety sure. from LSU. And I didn't take either one of those because Delbit had a down year last year for LSU. And Becton is huge but i'm not sure how he would fit with what gary kubiak wants to do and we know that they really stick to their schemes josh jones the offensive tackle from utah also there austin jackson uh was a an offensive lineman from usc so lots of offensive line options and trayvon diggs was also Mm -hmm. available when i got to number 25 but i will let you go first i'm just setting the scene on mine that there were plenty of good options here before i made my pick but i did not select any of those guys tell me about your situation with your pick at 25 well i went defense um and there were a lot of cornerbacks available in this round several that went ahead of where i was picking uh cam dantzler went to jacksonville because they've got two first round picks he went at 20 right after that cj henderson went to the philadelphia eagles grant delpit went one pick before me so i decided you know basing this off of what we're learning this week and what we're going to continue to learn before we get to the draft is how this free agent process is going to play out for the Vikings. Yep. Um, I went with Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama. I took the same guy. Because I think that there is the argument you make that you do not want to have two cap hits over $10 million for both Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Anthony is a very good safety. He's probably the best safety on the free agent market. I do not believe that in terms of prioritizing how your secondary is going to look, that you would want to pay him in the 10 to $14 million range that he could potentially command on another team. I just don't know if the Vikings have the financial resources to make him priority number one. Um, when you're potentially weighing, do you keep Trey Wayne? Do you keep Anthony Harris? How does this shake out? So I went a safety with the first round pick. I could absolutely see it this year. Um, could you see a cornerback? because of this team's history and how many cornerbacks they've taken in the first or second round since Mike Zimmer's been here, sure. But um, I don't know if I should foreshadow my second round pick. Do you well, want me to not, do not that? Yet. Okay, let then I'm going to pause you, on that note for now. Real quick about Xavier McKinney is the PFF Big Board has him 19th overall in this draft. And one of the comments uh, is the consistent and complete skill set makes him a safe bet in the league. And I think the Vikings need to have a safe bet in the league if they're going to fill spots right away, as Eric Eager and I talked about earlier on the show. So that's why I went with him. He graded extremely well, an 88.4 grade for uh, from Pro Football Focus for Alabama this year. Uh, someone like Grant Delpit was a little more up and down during his career, did not play as well this year in terms of his PFF grades. So that scared me off a little, even though you know they're clearly not everything. 
but they are just a reflection of what the tape says. So when you're looking at that, you're saying, well, all right, Xavier McKinney, a safe bet, someone who could step right in, fill that role, and someone who performed at a very high level. That's why I decided to take him. I think it's interesting that you and I did not talk about which way we were going, but decided to go that way. And I think uh, on mine, a lot of the corners were taken a little higher than yours. Yeah. But the only reason I, I didn't take a corner and took a safety was because... I'm feeling like they want to fill spots right away, and corner is hard to do that. I think by the time we get to the draft, they'll have signed a corner or two to fill out that position, to go along with Mike Hughes and Holton Hill and Chris Boyd. And I know that Mike Zimmer probably feels differently about his cornerback depth than what we've heard uh, from analysts and, and what's on every NFL network, ESPN, that the Vikings have no money, they're strapped for cash, like their cornerback unit's going to be depleted. Well, we'll see how they really feel about it because it feels like you're not going to let both of your starting corners from last year walk. Um, given what Rick Spielman said yesterday about Xavier Rhodes or what he really didn't say, um, I still don't think that changes your opinion that they're going to eventually move on from him. But I do think that it's not going to be a complete overhaul at that position so you could see them going with a cornerback um in round one but i do if you're weighing just like kind of what that means if they truly believe any player who plays next to harrison smith is going to look far better than you know his skill set might allude to then you go with a safety in round one yeah um but there were some offensive tackles that went very high that were not really available to me at 25 i mean the, the highest one was Jedrick Willis. He went to the Giants at four. And then Andrew Thomas went to the Cardinals at eight. Uh, Mekhi Becton, as you mentioned, Tristan Wirfs. Um, there's, there, there were several. And there were Josh Jones was taken after where I was drafting at 25. He went to Seattle at 27. So Austin Jackson, Noah, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there were, there were a bunch available. And I do think that if that... If the Vikings do want to go offense again, do you go tackle or guard at 25? Well, the tackle class is just far superior to the guards that you would even be looking at, and I don't think anybody would be taking one at 25. I think if you are taking a tackle, then you have to plan still to keep Riley Reef and let that yes. tackle develop. And so I, there would be a little bit of consternation about that pick maybe from Mike Zimmer who knows that there's a lot of spots on the defense to fill right away and tackle isn't necessarily a 2020 issue but that's not one that you could just kick down the road and say you're going to fill later it's I look at tackle as very much like quarterback where you better draft one and give yourself a couple years to develop that player into someone great because if you just try to throw them in there it's it's going to be a struggle so all right second round uh, I'll give you the setup for mine. There were a lot of guys that I were, was hoping would drop that did not. So the cornerback from TCU, Jeff Gladney, mm-hmm. who they haven't run the 40s yet, but could run the fastest 40 maybe of that position. Here, a couple of edge rushers and an interior offensive lineman, a tackle. They, they all sort of um, you know went off the board right before I got to my pick. So I was looking at it more like, should I take a later tackle or should I take someone who's pretty highly ranked at the position? And I decided to do that. So what was your situation? My situation, I was thinking in terms of Mike Zimmer, what would he want in this draft? Me too. And uh, that's usually where my head goes. What would Mike Zimmer do? I have it on a bracelet. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, Luckily not for life, or you'd end up in a tree stand all the time. But I mean, you do grind tape. I do so. grind tape. I'm 
I'm the draft scout of the I'm the resident draft scout on draft the show. Yeah. Um, I went with Jeff Gladney, um, and he is a cornerback out of TCU. Um, I think you did. You mention him earlier. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, he was off the board. He was the yeah. guy I was looking the, for. He, he the speedster, the board, basically. Yeah. I mean, he plays the run really well, and I think that that's you can get kind of that Trey Wayne's prototype length. Um, you know, he's physical in, in that aspect of it, but. Um, I think he's got some work to do. I don't know if I would almost be like overcompensating and spending too high of a pick on this corner who might be available even a little bit later on. Um, and, and that's just not to say that, like, I mean, this is one big board uh, of how this whole thing shakes out. I mean, somebody might have him going, like, in your draft, you went a little higher. Yeah, that's why um, we're going to do a million cents. Yes, exactly. But I do think it's a need. Um, do we really know that Holton Hill and Chris Boyd are going to be able to? Like fill a void potentially by Xavier Rhodes and potentially by Trey Wayne's being gone. Who's playing nickel? I have no clue. Um, I mean, are they going to be able to resign Mackenzie Alexander? Do they want to? Does he want to? I mean, the weird thing about this draft compared to last year, we knew that they weren't going to be active in free agency last year. We knew that they didn't have that much money to spend and they didn't have the options to go out and handle a lot of their needs that they could handle in the draft, but do it in free agency. So now it's like we're waiting on that shoe to drop. They have you know, over a dozen unrestricted free agents or, you know, pending free agents that are potentially going to hit the open market. The cornerback unit is where your eyes are first because you're just going to wonder what they're doing to their starting corners, what they're doing to their free agents and Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander. Like, I just don't know where that's going to go. So for me, this is an insurance pick. Um, It's somebody that, you know, has, like I said, the speed, the size, the physicality that Mike Zimmer likes in those corners. And if you can, you know, given what you asked Rick Spielman yesterday about the development, like I don't think it's any secret that these guys take two to three years to they develop, yep. especially with Mike Zimmer, because that he asks his corners to play the game differently than most people do. So it, t- it took Xavier Rhodes three years. It took Trey Wayne's about three and a half, four years. Like Mike Hughes is still in that proje- in that trajectory to probably need another year to get seasoned in this defense. So... If you're going at that and you're expecting this is more of a long-term project, that's the right pick, I think, at uh, 58, where they're picking the second round. So what's fun about this year's draft with the Vikings is that you could sort of plug in a thought process and then draft that way. If you said, plug in the thought process that they're thinking about 2021, and then I'm taking mm-hmm. Mekhi Becton and thinking about, or Josh Jones, and thinking about offensive tackle two years from now. Sure. And then in the second... You'd be moving Brian O'Neill over to left tackle, and then you'd be taking the guy that's going to replace him eventually, correct? Right. Yeah, you could do it that way, or you could, if it's Mekhi Becton, you could just sit him for a year and then have him take over for Riley Reef. Okay. And and if you were thinking about that for even the second round, you might look at an edge rusher, but again, with edge rushers, they don't always step right in away Mm -hmm. and, and get... 10 sacks, usually their biggest jump goes from first year to second year, unless they're a complete freak show. So I might have been looking at um, Julian uh, Okwara from Notre Dame, somebody with a high ceiling off the edge. He was available. But I took the sort of direction of what Rick Spielman said yesterday about filling spots and and went that way and said, okay, well, let's fill these spots for this year Mm -hmm. and see. Just like last year with the first and second round pick, they looked to fill spots. They didn't know if Kyle Rudolph was going to be back at that point when they drafted Irv Smith. So they filled the tight end spot. They filled a, a center spot. And I would say one worked out really well. The other didn't. Um, but I would expect a jump from both of those players in year two. And it sort of just speaks to everyone tries to fill their needs in the draft, but you can have different philosophies that sort of change your mind. And, and even if you took the 
We're going to fill spots right away, but they're going to be all to help Kirk get more people to throw to. Mm-hmm. That could change the way you do this as well. And, and you could draft a wide receiver and a really deep wide receiver Very draft deep. or it, something like that. Well, given what Rick Spielman's comments were on Tuesday, that this continuity thing is what they're harping on. Like, they think everything is fine. They just need to, like you said, fill spots. I don't know if I agree with that. I certainly do not think that status quo of this team is going to make them any better in 2020, despite having Gary's offense and another year for Kirk Cousins in that system. Um, I think, I mean, you've got to put your priorities on defense because your defense is going to change a lot, and it's probably going to regress because you're going to have a very young unit. Mike Zimmer said it's a young man's game, so that all of that foreshadowing shows you they're going to be moving on from some guys so you're going to probably want to address safety cornerback potentially even an edge rusher in the first three rounds and that's not only filling needs for 2020 that's going beyond that too because you know that in this defense players take time to develop and there's usually not anybody who's at least early on in their rookie season any of those three positions that i mentioned that has stood out to the point where they've been immediate immediate impact players let me ask you this uh yesterday we talked with rick spielman and um we're going to get into later what mike zimmer had to say today but was there anything from yesterday that sat with you uh in terms of like you went you went home because we talked right after on the air so you you went back to your hotel or you had dinner and you were thinking about something that stuck out that may point to the direction of this team because I kind of walked away saying you know there was a lot of read between the lines there on oh, a lot sure. of different things there there wasn't there wasn't direct big news that we could say well they're doing this for sure but there was a lot of like I I came away certain that they think that Cousins is going to be resigned yeah I know that you didn't. Um, and I also came away certain that they are going to draft for needs because they're just not getting that many players in free agency. I, I don't know how you came away from it after you thought about it yesterday. I'm more. I will align with you on that second point that they are worried in a way because of the contract situation with Kirk. I mean, why else would you set up yourself to not take a fully guaranteed deal again, or to at least ask for it and really push for it? So, one thing I did want to note is I was looking at quarterbacks in round two and. At with 127th overall, I think he was he was ranked 127th at least of best available at that time was Jalen Hurts, and my thought was I might be mm. going a little bit too early because he looked like he would have been there in the third round if we would have done another draft like round uh, just a sim. Do you think for it depends on how he does here. Yeah, I think the could he make himself a second round pick. I think he's definitely a day two pick no matter what. I think he could probably make a jump. I think I heard that somewhere that he was somebody that people expected to be moving at least into the late second round by the time this whole thing is over. But I didn't want to give up that type of draft capital for somebody who might, at least at this time, be available to me in the third round. And also, it's hard for me to go in and say, I need to draft a quarterback when I don't know what the heck's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. But should they just do it anyway? Yeah, I do think that it's... Because here's the worst part of it, or the, the worst scenario that could happen. Let's say you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round or Jake Fromm, anybody like that. Like you do use high draft capital to do it. Well, if Kirk, if you end up getting an extension done with Kirk, if he does really well in 2020 um, and he's got, let's say he's got a three year extension, three or four year extension, and it's fully guaranteed 120 to 128 million, somewhere in that range. Um, and you want to keep him beyond that. Obviously you don't have the no trade clause. You, you structure it in a different way. You could use, 
a second round pick that if you use it on quarterback, like go and trade him. That's, right. that's yeah. valuable. Even like, if you get a third back or a fourth back, it's still another asset. Absolutely. And you don't feel like you completely wasted it. I also think once you get past the second round, I mean, Alexander Madison was a nice player in the third round. Running backs are pretty predictable for what mm-hmm. you're going to get when you pick them. But aside from that, I mean, you you landed Daniil Hunter with one third-round pick. The rest of them is pretty much shrugs in terms of what third-round picks give you. So is it better to take someone who you like in the third round as a quarterback that may eventually pay off for you or somebody who is going to fill a need two years from now, potentially, but probably not? Right? I, I mean, I think it makes all sorts of sense for them to keep their eye on Jalen Hurts, but if he comes here and he throws the ball extremely well and his athletic numbers are really good, because I've looked at him as someone who is very athletic, but not like Lamar Jackson athletic Mm -hmm. or, or Cam Newton athletic or Josh McCown athletic, by the way, who I've mentioned from Mock Draftable, the website that uses the percentiles of how players scored in their, um, in their workouts. Josh McCown is one of the top of all time, one of the best athletes ever at the Combine. So Jalen Hurts is no Josh McCown, but um, if he does really well, then I think he's going to get a lot of interest here. And I'll be fascinated. Like This quarterback class is really fascinating because usually you have one or two guys, and then it's just this massive drop-off, and there's nothing. And and you might have one guy taken in the third, one guy taken in the fourth. This year's draft class seems to have quite a few of those guys, whether it's the Jacob Eason kid from Washington sure. or Jake Fromm from Georgia or Hertz, that there's a lot of in the middle with this draft with quarterbacks that you could actually see being there in the third round. And, and maybe you do find someone like a Dak Prescott or a Kirk Cousins. Yeah, fourth round pick. Right, ends up working out pretty well overall. Yeah, I think that there's reason to think for the future there. It's your backup quarterback to begin with. So not that you'd be spending a whole ton on a veteran backup like a Sean Mannion if you were to re-sign him, but it at least addresses a need. And if we're talking about needs, but you're also potentially thinking, hey, can he get a year or two under him, under Kirk Cousins, and either become a valuable trade asset or potentially be in line to take over? Like, I don't think it's... like too far-fetched to think that a higher pick on a quarterback is out of the question for this team at all. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. I just don't know if they would, you know, we talked about weeks ago on the show about how aggressive they would have to be in order to go after Tua or have to go after, um, you know, a Justin Herbert or anybody that's probably going to be taken within the top 10. Mm. We're going to know by the end of the week because whatever leaks out and whatever we find out just about the way that they feel about re-signing Kirk Cousins will give you the indication of, are they going to potentially be that aggressive? I think they need to shake things up, personally. I do think that that would help. Um, I just don't know, feasibility-wise, how realistic that is. If you were putting percentages on it, I'm not going to make you try to do oh, a God. pie chart. I can't no, do a pie I'm, chart. We're, we're at the Combine. I'm not going to make you do it. It's too hectic. I've been asleep for, awake for 69 hours. I can't <laughs> do a pie chart. Right. You've been grinding tape all day. You don't have the mental capacity right now to do it. We need you in studio. Where you can draft scouting. It, where you can mess it up there. Um, <laughs> but if you were to put percentages on it, out of 100, what percentage would you say that Kirk Cousins' a contract extension is done within the next two to three weeks? Some point later in the offseason, we know they love to announce them before training camp. Like, that's their thing. Yes, but I, he also, just to interrupt here, if they don't get it done before free agency, I don't think it's going to happen. So okay, if, that, well, if that will... That's part of it, for sure. Yeah. So then the other option would be after next year or never. 
Can we pie chart this? Attempt. Uh, so you attempt gave me. You gave me four attempts. Four. What percentages would you put on? Put on them, which is technically a pie chart. Fine for them to get it done before free agency. I think would be. I'll put it at thirty-five percent. Let me just write these down. This I knew you were going to make this hard on yourself because there, he has no incentive. Like to be honest with you, he really has no incentive to sign on their terms. No, I get that, but I'm like, questioning you using thirty-five percent. Just because then it makes the math hard. Fine, thirty percent, thirty. Oh, okay. Thing. 30 is signed before free agency. I'm typing this out. Sign before <laughs> FA. Great. Um, what's my next one? Sign in March at Sign some point? Sign before training camp when they usually announce them. 20%. Sign before training camp. Then the next one is sign after the 20, like play out 2020. Yeah, play out 2020 and then re sign after that. I will go ahead and put that at. Thirty percent, and then nothing at all. No contract extension at all. No contract extension at all would be the remaining percentage of that. So it's sixty, twenty percent. I love how you said like you're not doing a pie chart, and and you made me. You you tricked me. You tricked me. I didn't draw it, but you tricked me. Um, Um, The drawing is always the best part to be able to tweet that out. So go through those again. Okay, thirty percent means he'll sign before free agency, which means they're going to be aggressive before the new league year opens on March 18th. Great cap space. They are pushing for that because. They know that they're not going to be able to be active in free agency, or at least as active as they want to be, if they mm-hmm. don't create some more cap space. That means you're saying goodbye to some of those defensive players that we mentioned earlier. Um, that you're going to have to either literally no go, not go after anybody and just hedge everything on the draft, or be very conservative um, and go get guys in the second or third wave. We know that that's not the way. If you're a team that's in win now mode to plug and play, um, or what we said like filling needs, that's not the way to do it. Sign it before training camp, 20%. I give it that because it's like I could also see something getting worked out. And if you want to take Spielman at face value for what he said about, well, we typically do that, you know, extensions and all that before training camp because he didn't want to admit publicly that they're trying to do it so they can create cap space. Right. Um, 30% was he'll sign after 2020. Honestly, I kind of wish I would have gone up a little bit more on this now that I'm looking at it because... You think that's possible? He has a benefit of waiting right now for a number of reasons. Wait to see what Dak gets. Eventually, wait to see what Mahomes gets. Um, Why would you do it right now if you're on his side and you haven't seen what the ceiling is? Because maybe he feels like, shoot, I can't get any better than this right now. I might want to sign it before my team goes 7-9 and and I lose my value. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. So there's that, and then 20% not sign him at all. Well, he could also, you know... That could factor into 2020. Does he not do well in 2020? And they're like, all right, Kirk, it's been great. Three years, we're ready to move on. And if they draft somebody that they like to take over for him or at least be your bridge quarterback for a year, but you're probably looking at a brand new coaching staff anyways at that point. So that's where I'm at. I think I did pretty well here. No, you actually did. This might have been one of your best, if not your best. Maybe it was because it was totally on the fly, totally off the cuff, and you didn't have to draw it. Um, Okay, Courtney, we will catch up again tomorrow. Yes. And we will further break down what Mike Zimmer had to say today. Sage Rosenfels and I are going to dive deep into that, the top headlines from Mike Zimmer's conversations with the media. When we return, it is Purple Daily from the NFL Combine here on Score North. Listen and win with the free Score North mobile app. This month, one lucky winner will win a $200 gift card to Amazon.com just for having and using the app. All you have to do is register the app, listen to your favorite Score North content, and you could be a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.